Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Back in 2020, Dr. Jennings and his Come and Reason Ministries team traveled to Allen, Texas to hold a seminar for 400 very eager-to-learn individuals, and thankfully for us, they recorded what happened. For the past few weeks, we've been airing portions of that seminar, and that's exactly what we're doing today. In this broadcast, The Good Doctor focuses on the two types of laws in operation on this earth, two laws that as you'll soon see, aren't always compatible with each other. As a matter of fact, more often than not, they are at odds with each other. When we discover the differences between them, our eyes can be opened to the truth about God in some very profound ways. God's law and government versus human law and government. Prepare to be inspired. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Okay, here we go. Let's listen as Dr. Jennings talks about these two powerful but very different laws. How do you see God and his law? That question, come back to it over and over again. You will find in discussions with people, you start with this question as they, they come up and say, well, I want to talk to you about the, why did Jesus have to die? I say, well, how do you understand God's law? Well, well, do you believe in the punishment for sin? Well, how do you understand God's law? It will all come back to that question. And so if you start with that, and this is going to start us really applying this principle of design law. And, and for those who haven't heard me say this before, let me put it in this way. God is the creator. He builds space, time, energy, matter, life. And thus his laws are those laws upon which reality are built. He is the designer. Do you see him as designer? Or do you see him as dictator? Designer, the laws upon which you're already built, laws of gravity, laws of physics, laws of thermodynamics, the law of love, law of worship, law of liberty, law of exertion, all these design protocols, constants. Is that how you see our creator and God and his law and his government? Or do you see him no different than we? We see ourselves. See, you, I, and any human being, we can't create space, time, energy, matter, life. We can't build reality. We can't do it. We're not creators. So we make up rules. We call those rules laws, and then we threaten to punish people who break them. That's human law. God's laws are not like that. His ways are higher than our ways. Two types of law, the design law versus the imposed law. I'm going to throw in a little question that I received. Somebody sent one in. I can slide it in right here. Somebody said, why do you use design law versus natural law? Aren't they the same? And they are the same if you understand design laws are those laws created by the creator that his universe is built upon, yes. But I discovered that that term natural law is also used by people who don't believe in God at all to have a naturalistic explanation for the universe. And therefore, it led to some confusion that I was trying to maybe teach at godless origins of the universe. So I deleted the term in the use of natural law, and I now use design law because the design law requires a designer. So design law, law of love is the, the ultimating overarching law. Imposed law, think imperial Rome. 
And think how a Roman Caesar imposes law, and that's imperial, rules over. If you violate design law, those violations are incompatible with life. And you can think through all the examples, the physical laws of health. If you violate imposed law, don't pay your taxes. Do 30 in a 25 zone. Walk on the grass. If you violate imposed law, it's not incompatible with life. Violations of the design law require the designer, God, the creator, to heal, to fix, to restore. If he doesn't act, if God just sits back and takes no action, death happens to those who have violated the law. So it requires God's John 17, 3. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God is acting not to condemn, but to save and to heal because his creation is now out of harmony with how he constructed it to operate its violation of his law, violation of his law. Violations of human law, though, imposed law, require the ruling authority to inflict punishment, to impose death, lest unpunished rebellion ensue. I want you to notice the difference in the two. That's why it comes back to it over and over again. How do you understand law? Design law? Christ's mission, if you understand design law, was to destroy sin and sinfulness, to destroy Satan. Remember, by his death, he destroyed him and holds the power of death that is the devil, Hebrews 2.14, and to restore mankind to righteousness, eternal life, reconciliation with God, to destroy sin, destroy sinfulness, destroy the devil, and to restore mankind. That's his mission. Under imperial law, it's taught that Christ's mission was to pay a legal penalty to God, the ruling authority, to appease or assuage God's wrath and and to propitiate his wrath. Under the design law, the problem that needs fixing is sin in man. Remember our original diagnosis. God didn't get changed. God's law didn't get changed. The condition of man got changed. So the problem is in us. We have a condition that needs fixing. But under the imperial Roman view, the problem is God's angry. He got offended. He's agitated, he's wrathful, he's upset. His righteousness couldn't handle the offense to his infinite self. And so something had to be done to assuage that wrath. The design view, I believe, is the true view of God and the imposed view is the pagan view of God. Two ways to wield power. The design law view that Jesus demonstrated God's way or the imperial way. Notice in John 13, when Jesus, all power was given to Christ, he gets up and washes dirty feet. He also used power to heal the sick, to feed the hungry. He served. Notice, the one with all power, the ruler, uses his power to build up and uplift. Imperial uses power over others to impose laws and penalties demanding service. We are taxed to support the ruler. Notice from Isaiah, where Lucifer rebelled, and he wanted to ascend to the Most High. He wanted to go up. He wanted to rule over. Jesus in Philippians did not think equality with God was something to be grasped, but humbled himself all the way into the form of a servant. Notice the the methods of Satan and Satan's governance. And you look in the human beastly systems of the world, it's always a ruling elite exploiting and oppressing the masses. 
Throughout all human history, the pharaohs and their slaves and the masses, the emperors and, of Rome and, and ancient China and Japan and the, and the nation states with the divine rights of the aristocracy to rule. But there's always a mass of people being enslaved, abused, exploited, living in poverty in order to sustain the elevated aristocracies. God's way is the ruling authority gives of himself, sacrifices of himself to build up the hungry, to build up the disenfranchised, to build up, to set free the slaves, to bind up the brokenhearted. And Christ came and gave of himself for our restoration. It's the exact opposite in governing methods. Jesus and God win the heart with love. He wins us because he loves us and he gave himself for us. Imperial systems demand obedience through fear of punishment. If you don't obey me, I will be forced by righteousness, by the, uh, the holiness of the law, to kill you, to torture you, to punish you if you don't obey me. Some will go as far as to say, if you don't love me, I will be forced to kill you. And that's, by the way, inconsistent with the law of liberty, inconsistent with the law of love, it doesn't work. It suspends reason. It damages your capacity for understanding. And so you will then create new philosophies that damage you further. Like, well, God's ways aren't my ways. I just take that on faith. I don't think about that. And the blind start leading the blind. Jesus and God leave us free. Present truth and love and leave us free. Because love only grows in freedom. We have freedom in God's kingdom. Imperial systems coerce us. You better or else. God's system is open and truthful. Remember Jesus when he was brought in for this trial? Why are you bringing me in in secret? I did everything in the open. I did nothing in secret. When you have the truth on your side, you have nothing to hide. It's the liar and the deceiver that has to operate in secret. Human governments, they're all open and honest, aren't they? Secretive, deceptive. This is how the systems of the world work. Think about how Jesus operated on the Sabbath. He healed other people. He delivered people, set them free from the oppressions of their bodies or whatever was going on with them. But those who were operating under rule system, hey, it's the Sabbath. We got to keep the rules. You better quit healing those people, Jesus, because we have a law and we know you're breaking it. And if you don't stop breaking our law, then we're going to stone you because we're going to be righteous to the Lord because we love him. Impose systems. Woman caught in adultery. Dragged out in front of Jesus. How did Jesus respond? Neither do I condemn you. Now, this is quite profound. It's a quite profound story. This is grace in action again. It's like Adam in Eden when he said, who told you you're naked? In this particular case, Jesus disperses the crowd. And after all those who were accusing her and trying to trap Jesus are gone, it's just him and the woman. Jesus says to her, where are your accusers? What's in the question? I'm not accusing you. I'm not condemning you. And understand why he's not condemning. You see, people under the imperial view, they, they struggle here. 
He has to. She is committing adultery. She was caught in the very act. It's transgression of the law. If you're going to be a righteous judge, if you're going to be a righteous ruler, you are required to sustain the authority of the law. You have no right to not condemn her. You must condemn her. This is the imperial view. This is what the the Pharisees wanted him to do. But Jesus doesn't operate on human law systems. He's the creator. He says to her, neither do I condemn you because... I don't have to. If you had not been caught, if you would have snuck home today like so many other days, you would have gone home with your head hung low. You would have gone home inside your own mind under a cloud of guilt, condemnation, shame, fear, self-loathing, inadequacy, guilt. You would have been You would have been damaging yourself because you were operating out of harmony with how I made life and relationships to operate. I don't condemn you. I love you. I want to restore you to health. Go and sin no more. Go and live in harmony with how I built life to operate. Relationships, not hurting yourself this way. But the imposed imperialistic Pharisees wanted the woman stoned and punished for her disobedience. That was Dr. Jennings speaking to 400 attendees at a The Power of Love seminar held in Allen, Texas in 2020. We will continue this presentation on our next program. Until then, I invite you to stop by comeandreason.com to discover more resources that Dr. Jennings has made available to you as you continue your journey of understanding into the character and love and love that God has for all of us. Comeandreason.com. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Together.